so thankful for Pastor Leland and Kathy. Um, Pastor, is, uh, he's retired from uh, pastoring in uh, Texas, and uh, they summer up here in East Jordan, and uh, we're just so thankful that he's here and able to bring the word today. So, brother, it's, uh, it's all yours. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen? We... Uh, already heard so many good words this morning. It's just the Spirit of the Lord is, is awesome and He's real and He's here. And uh, I believe that He's already speaking to hearts because that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. You know, we often think we've got to listen to the, the preaching and wait till the end of the service. We got, you know, we've got our, our schedule, our agendas, and how that the service ought to go and how it ought to be. And so oftentimes we, we've got to be, uh, uh, you know, enticed to get into the stirring of the waters, if you please. And, and uh, folks, when we feel what the Lord is trying to do, or if the Lord is trying to do it, it doesn't matter where we're at in the service, allow the Lord to do it. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have to, uh, I made my, that mistake early, I mean, like when I was a teenager, and, you know, I'd be sitting in church, and I'd feel like, I just want to go down to the altar and pray, and let the Lord, but that'd be out of order. I'll, I'll sit here till pastor gets through preaching and then I'll go down there like, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm not saying we need to be out of order, but I, I am saying allow the Lord to, to do a work in you throughout the service, not at just one particular time. I want to... Uh, and I don't know where that came from. I guess somebody just needed that. That certainly wasn't in my agenda <laughs> or my notes or, or whatever. But I never know what the Lord's going to do when, when I preach. And oftentimes I'm not sure there's times when I don't even know what the Lord's going to say through, through me. Thank God he's, he's, he's gracious enough to give me scripture and, he's, he's, and sometimes that's all he gives and I may have mentioned that to you before but, but I just pray this morning that the Lord has his way through his word and it speaks to you in a way that is encouraging and gives you strength and helps you to endure We live in a culture today, I at least in a culture that I personally have never experienced in my lifetime. And I believe if we're all honest, we, we have to agree that many of you would probably say the same thing. You're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're experiencing things, you know, that, that you've never seen, heard or experienced before. 
you know, at some point in our lives, we think we've, we've seen it. We've heard it all. But folks, we're seeing things today that we never dreamed we would see. We're hearing things today that we never thought we would hear. Not in our America. Not in our country. Not in our church. Not in our fellowship. Not, you know, not in our family. But we're seeing it and it's a it's, it's in, and and I know that word culture we we've kind of adopted. I used to never use that word much because you know America was America. We had our traditions and we lived by our traditions and we did things the American way. And you know everybody knew what America was. Everybody knew what we stood for. But now, folks, it's all over the map. <laughs> you know, it's I mean things are just happening that we never dreamed of, things being said that we never imagined. And some, and I'm not up here to be a, a say I've got a purpose for what I'm saying all that because see the enemy, as Pastor alluded to earlier, the enemy is, is uh, that's how he's selling it. That which is evil is being called good. Oh, it's happening. You can't watch. You you cannot watch television without seeing it. And the and our world is playing into it. Our our uh, businesses, our companies, our corporations, our all of them are playing into it. Kathy and I said just the other day, Pastor brought up the thing that's coming in, and, and again, I'm not being judgmental or derogative. I'm just making a point of how it's, it's, it's become okay in the eyes of our culture. Have you noticed, even in advertising, even in advertising, every, almost every, not every, but most of your advertising now has a homosexual couple in it. And they weren't, they're not even talking about that. They're not even talking about anything that relates to that. They're, talking, they're trying to sell you a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if that's, you know. But you know what I'm getting at. They're, trying, they're, they're selling something that's not even related to that, but they still have that. You know why? The devil's trying to sensitize us to that so that we will be accepting of that. And that's just one example. There's Our culture has changed. And I'm so thankful that Pastor mentioned we don't, we're not judgmental of that. We're not critical of that per se. We're not, we, we, we must love those people enough to pray for them and care for them and do what we can that they would hear the truth. And the truth is what I want to talk about this morning. The truth and I pray that this will help you to navigate this 
new culture. <laughs> I was talking to Pastor the other day and was just sharing with him. And uh, the Lord gave me part of this message weeks ago. And I was just waiting for the opportunity. And I, I mean, I've preached since the Lord gave it to me, but I, I didn't feel it was the right time, so I didn't preach it. But he and I were talking, Pastor Mike and I were talking, and he said something that plays right, played right into what is going on here. Many of us, including ministers, teachers, whatever the case may be, ministers, how many of you know preachers are not, they're not exempt from having needs. <laughs> many people think, oh, They're all that. They, they, they don't. No, they have needs. They have struggles. But Pastor and I and I was talking, and he said something. And it's so true. He said sometimes, and, and as a pastor, as a preacher, as a minister, we, we want to have the right words. <laughs> Pastor Rip, we want to have the right words. Our wives that are pastor's wives, you know, there's those times where they need and they want the right words. As a minister, as a friend, as a father, as a, you know, brother, whatever the case may be, we always want to have the right words. But how many of you know sometimes it's, there's just not the right words. Sometimes we just don't know what to say. We just don't know how to say it. We don't know what it is that we need. And sometimes we, we, we learn that sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything. But, but the, that natural side of us, and especially preachers, you know how we like to talk. We feel, and I think many of us as Christians, as friends, as whatever the case may be, we feel like we've got to say something because re that person is reaching out to us and we've got to have a word for them. We've got to say something to them. But folks, sometimes there's just not the right word. Sorry, sometimes there's just not the right word for me to express. But I wanted to share something with you. In John chapter 1, in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word. Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, who is the Word here? Jesus. Jesus. He was in the beginning. He was with God, and He was God, as we know. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, we know that, that this was Jesus. 
all things. Verse 2 says he was in the beginning with God. And it says all things came into being through him and apart from him. Nothing came into being that come into being. In other words, there was nothing without him. There was nothing made without him. Nothing exists without him. Now, I don't always have the right word. But there is the right word. I don't, I can't, in myself, I don't always have the word that I can express, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. There is a Word for this world. There is a Word that needs to be spoken. There is a Word that needs to be heard in the world and the culture in which we live. There is a Word for every situation. There is a word for every illness. There is a word for every despair. There is a word for every burden. There is a word. And that word is Jesus Christ. See this word. And let me tell you something. This word, if I hold up my Bible, but it's thick. You know, big. So with one hand, but... But that Bible that you carry, and we don't always carry it in that form. Now we, we're fortunate, I think, to be able to carry it in this form. So much smaller. You know, carry that around with me all day and be a hassle. But I can carry the Word with me everywhere I go. And so I have the Word. I Not only in the form of a written book, but I have the Word. Jesus in my heart. I have the Word that walks with me day and night. Every moment of every single day. He walks with me. He talks with me. And He gives me solace. He gives me peace. He gives me hope. And that is that is my Word. Now, that doesn't mean that relieves you from ministry. <laughs> That doesn't mean that it relieves you from testifying as to what the Lord has done for you and to encourage others. That doesn't relieve us of that. I want to go over to Luke. And uh, chapter 4, if I could, and uh, I want to read verse 18, starting in the verse 18. Now this is what the Lord gave me a few weeks ago. Is this scripture. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus spoke those words. Jesus has spoke those words. He was in the synagogue and he and he was handed the, the book and he opened the book, began reading and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Jesus was the anointed one. He was the Messiah. But how many of you know we have anointed people not the Messiah, but there's anointed people, there's anointed pastors, there's anointed preachers, there's anointed uh, lay people that speak forth the word. He preached the good news, the gospel, to the poor. Now here, oftentimes when we hear poor, we think monetary, we think money, we think stuff. But it's more than that. The poor. Who's the poor? Folks, I want to tell you the poorest person on the face of this earth is the person that don't know Jesus Christ. They're the poorest of the poor. The very poorest. Those are the ones we we need to be praying for or concerned about. It breaks my heart to hear stories that Pastor shared with us that's going on in our community, things like that. Does it anger me? Ah, to some degree. But more so, it breaks my heart to know that there are people out there that are lost. And folks, we need to remember and understand that those that are out lost in this world are going to go to hell if they don't know Jesus. That ought to break our hearts. It ought to rip at us. We need to be quick to speak the word, the gospel. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. Folks, there's a way out. There's freedom in the word. The word is the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Captive. Captive in what? Whatever. God doesn't want us to be captivated by anything. He doesn't want us to be imprisoned by anything. He wants us to be free to live. He wants to give us life and give us life more abundantly. He wants us to be free to live. And live in freedom. Live in truth. Recovery to the, of sight to the blind. Oh, yes, God can heal and miraculously heal those that, that are, have lost their, their physical sight, absolutely. But more importantly, Jesus here, I believe, was talking about those that are living in a darkness that's far greater than a physical loss. It's a spiritual darkness, and he wants them to come and be in light. Jesus was the light. He was the light. Scripture tells us that. 
Recover the sight to the blind. Set forth as deliver those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. A number of years ago, I guess it's been probably 20, 21 years ago, where our worship leader in the church, Kathy and I have attended. Our worship leader and his teenage son was killed in a horrific car wreck. His other son, who's, who's a minister today, wasn't expected to live, but he was in the hospital. I mean, he was, he was so mangled and messed up, but he came through and he had some deficiencies in his mental capacities and, and so forth. And Kathy can tell you more about what the doctor said than I could. But basically the doctor uh, told his, his mother that he would probably not ever be able to function again normally. Walk, speak. But today he's walking He's speaking normally. Yes, he has some scars and some things uh, both physically and I'm sure emotionally that, that are still there. But he walks and he speaks and he preaches and he testifies about what God has done. And one of the things that come out that uh, and the church was was just crushed. Because he was a, he, uh, Brother Job was a wonderful man wonderful family man was loved by so many people and just crushed pastor the time was it this was his not only was he the worship leader but he was a pastor's very close friend they were very close he was you know but he did such a good job and one of the things that I remember coming out of that that just and still hangs around today is God can take our tragedy and turn it into a triumph. See, God wants to take and work in those that are oppressed, bruised, crushed, broken. See, it's the Word. It's the Word. It's the Word that's going to change. It's going to change us. It's going to change. I always want to say that it's going to change our circumstances, but folks, sometimes I've lived long enough to realize that <laughs> probably more times than not, It's not my circumstances that needs to be changed. It's me that needs to be changed. I'm just being honest and transparent with you. Sometimes it's not my circumstances that need to change. Sometimes it's me. See, God wants us to be victorious. I, I believe that. See, the Word says that faith 
We all want faith to believe. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. You can't have faith without the Word. No matter how you look at it, whether you want to take your Bible and say, this is the Word, it is the Word. You can't have faith without that Word. You can't have faith without the living, without Jesus either. See, the Word is a li- is living. It's not a. It's not just a book with pages. <laughs> it's not. You need to understand. It's not just a book with pages. It's a living word. It's a word that's alive and that works in our lives daily. And if we want to have faith, we have to have the Word. We have to have the Word living in us, Jesus living in us, working in us, doing that work. But we also need that Word that's spoken, living in us. Wow. See, unfortunately, hard times come. We have an unrealistic idea that if we are living for with our faith in God, that we'll always be soaring with the eagles. Up here, soaring with the eagles. How many of you know... When I say it's unrealistic to believe we'll always, that's not scriptural. Now the key word there is always. It's not scriptural. Because if you read the whole scripture in Isaiah, <laughs> those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar. They will soar on wings of eagles. You will soar. There will be days you will be way up there, soaring on the wings of the eagles. But it also tells us, along that scripture, it also says we will soar on the wings of eagles. But it also says sometimes we may have to run. That's putting forth energy on my part. <laughs> you know, I'm on the wings of the eagle. I'm doing nothing but sitting there enjoying the ride. The eagle's doing all the all the work. He's carrying all the load, right? So that, that's the times I like. I enjoy and sometimes I can just sit and enjoy, you know, in those nice feathers just laid back enjoying the ride. But sometimes I've got to put forth the effort. Sometimes I've got to run. And the thing is, is when I run, got to run without being weary, see? And I can do that. Is that scriptural? Sometimes I may have to run, but I can do it with, with zeal. I can run with, with energy. I can run and not grow weary. And occasionally, maybe I'm not running, but I'm walking. Sometimes, again, That's me putting forth the effort. I'm walking. 
but I don't have to become faint. <laughs> Why? Because of the word. Why? Because of faith. Faith is what? Comes from hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So I can ride on the wings of eagles. I may have to run, but I can do it without being weary. And sometimes I may have to walk, but I can do it without fainting because of faith. Because of the Word. Wow. Thank you for that I can do that. <laughs> Thank you for in those times when I'm having to put forth the effort that I can do it because of, of Him. Because of Him. I just want to leave you with these, these a few of these scriptures and thoughts and I want you to think about them Think about this. This is the Word. The living Word. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. If you don't lean on your own understanding, you submit to Him in all your ways and trust Him. Boy, i got to say something to myself here this morning. God's got a plan. And no matter, I mean, I can alter that plan in a sense that I can refuse to obey Him, but God has a way of making His plan happen regardless of what I do. You know, look at Jonah. <laughs> Jonah ran away and said, oh. First he, 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 he agreed that he would do something. First of all, he told God he would, and then he didn't. He runs away. Well, we know the story of Jonah. He ends up in the belly of a fish for three days. If you say, well, that's not scientifically possible. Well, you're right. Scientifically, it's not. But with God, it is. <laughs> you know, we hear a lot of that about science. Follow the science. Follow the science. Well, sometimes, you know, science gets it wrong. Sometimes they get it wrong. But here's the thing, and I'm not saying we don't need to, <laughs> you know, we need to use some wisdom. And, but he did that. But guess what? At the end of the day, what did Jonah do? He did what God planned. See, God has a plan for your life. If God wants to do what God wants done, and he wants to use you to accomplish that plan, and it's best just to go ahead and submit our ways to him, and he'll make our paths straight. We won't have to take the deer through the belly of the whale, of the fish. <laughs> See, the path to Nineveh was straight, but Jonah took a detour. That wasn't God's fault. Well, God shouldn't have put him in the belly of the whale. Well, God didn't put him there. He's the one that went out on the 
ship and he's the one that got thrown off the ship and got swallowed. No, God's path was a straight path to Nineveh. (laughs) God's got a plan for you and he wants you to submit your ways to him and uh, trust him. Don't lean on to your own understanding. Some dear friends of ours, Carolyn and Charles Williams. Charles, uh, sharing this with Pastor the other day, Charles was disabled in a wheelchair and has been all of her life. She's older than I am, I think. She's certainly my age. But, uh, man, what faith. And this is somebody that's been bound in a wheelchair has to have 24-hour care. I mean, 24-hour. Her mother's probably in her 80s now, and her mother is her caregiver. That lady's got more energy. She can do more than I can. I mean, because she goes, 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 goes. And, and, but anyway, Charles uh, is such a prayer warrior. She is encouraging to be around because she, she just so much faith. But we heard a message some years ago by a preacher, and so now we call each other we're each other's crazy friends. And we say it with pride. Hey, how you doing, my crazy friend? And the reason it came out, the part of the message was, was this, is lean not to your own understanding. In other words, when we get saved, we are to strive to take on the mind of Christ. That's what Scripture says. Take on the mind of Christ. See, when we have the mind of Christ, we understand God a little, well, we understand God a lot better when we take on the mind of Christ. We understand God does things differently than we do. We have to understand that. God does things differently than we do. The way we think is foolishness to God. Okay? So, we take on the mind of Christ. And we... And our, our thing was, is I guess I'm a little crazy because I trust God to do what God says. See, I, I, I got the mind of Christ. I, I'm out of my mind, and I'm in His. I, I've taken, gotten away, and I've taken the mind of Christ. Sometimes I lose my mind. I lose my way. I lose my train of thought, if you please. I, I get to thinking like Leland again instead of like Jesus. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, let me finish up with Scripture here. Quit, quit getting off on. Don't worry about Matthew 6, 25-33. Don't worry about your life what you'll eat or drink about your body, what you will wear. It's not life, is, is not life more than food and body and more than clothes? Look at the birds. They so read, store away in barns, and yet they don't do all that, but yet their Heavenly Father feeds them. You're much more valuable than they are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Remember, God's going to do and get done what God's going to do and get done, regardless of whether we worry or not, right? 
See how the flowers of the field grow? Don't worry about what you wear. Do they not? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of those. But not how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you a little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows what you, that you have need of them. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Isaiah 40 says he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who have opened the Lord will renew their strength and soar on the wings of There we go, scripture, back to what he's talking about. Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Philippians tells us not to be anxious for anything, but be in every situation. But in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Him. Philippians four thirteen says, "You can do all things through Christ." Philippians 4.19 says that he'll meet all your needs according to the riches and glory. That's the Word. That's the Word. That's the living Word. (laughs) The same today as it was when he said them. It's the same today as it was in the beginning. That hasn't changed. And guess what? going to be the same tomorrow the next day the next day for eternity the word lives forever that's your promise that's your promise now real quickly no pastor and I, I told myself you know how it is but I think it'll be a relatively short message today and God has his ways right But real quickly this morning, I want us to take time to pray for you specifically and your needs. See, God loves His church. But His church is you. He loves you. He thinks of His bride and we we think of the bride, we think of the church, but He sees you as His bride. Because you're the church. So he's interested in your needs. God is alive and well. And he's able and willing to minister to you. So this morning I'm going to ask Pastor Mike, Pastor Rip to come. We're just going to be up here and, and we're going to take a few minutes. Go ahead and come.
played for us this morning. And as, as we wait in the presence of the Lord this morning, maybe you've been battling some of the things I've talked about this morning. Maybe you you just have you're just you've just been having a hard time. It's okay. Thank you for what you said earlier, Pastor Mike, when you said it's okay not to be okay. There's times I'm not okay. I I I wish I was better than that. Sometimes I tell God, God, I wish I was a better son. But God, today I just don't feel okay. I'm not okay. And just like your child, if they come to you and said, I'm not okay, what is what is what do you do? Oh, you you do everything you can to make it okay, don't you? God does everything he can to make it okay. And not only is he does he do everything he can, he he's able to do far more than what I can do for my kids, my children. <laughs> God makes it okay. See, I'm I'm limited, but God's not. So God wants to take your not okay and make it okay. Like I said earlier, sometimes it's not the circumstances that needs to change as much as it's me. Circumstances sometimes are circumstances that... And maybe my circumstances do change right away, or maybe they don't change right away. But you know what God does? He takes and changes my attitude towards those circumstances. He changes my mindset towards those circumstances. And because of that... And because God says, look, there's a mountain there, and yes, you can have the faith to move it, but that mount, moving that mountain, that particular mountain is not my will, so I want you to trust me. And he loves on me, and he works on me, and he makes me okay with the mountain being there because he's changed my attitude to trust him. That makes sense. Sometimes it's just my attitude to trust Him is what needs to change. This morning you have needs. Come. As we wait for just a moment, you have a need. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's mental. Lots of mental stuff going on with all the culture. But you have a need. We want. We just want this opportunity. Maybe you don't want to come, but we're going to pray here at the end. To, and maybe God will continue to speak to you and work with you, but we want you to come. If you would, let us just pray for you this morning. Father, Lord, I I just pray this morning that you would take this word. Father, the whole idea that you gave me, and I know that I failed in some respects, but this morning was to bring your word, not my my thoughts, not my my opinions, but Lord, your word. And I, I, I did my best to try to 
bring a word, the word, your word. But Lord, I know when your word goes forth that it doesn't return void. And so I know this morning your word was spoken. And so I know this morning that their needs that's going to be ministered to and touched. Not because of me. I'm, I'm damaged goods. But God, because of you, because of Jesus, the needs are going to, to be met. Hearts are going to be changed. Minds are going to be changed. Attitudes be changed. Lives be changed. Comforted. Peace be brought because of your word. Because of Jesus. Oh, that's my prayer. And as we leave today, may this word and may Jesus just resonate away from this building out into this community and into other communities as we go there and as we visit there. And Lord, may the the word live. Lord, this is my prayer. Lord, you hear the cries of hearts this morning. I just pray you wrap your arms around them, love them, care for them. And Lord, I just ask you to to minister to their every need. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just uh, end with a song of praise that Jackie and Tom are praying. Stand with me if you would. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, and nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the
Jesus be the center of your church. Jesus be the center of your church. And every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we are just uh, so wrapped up in you today. Thank you for the word that was given to us. Thank you for the encouragement that you are the word. (laughs) What a great word that was, Pastor Leland, that Jesus is the word. That's all we need to say sometimes is Jesus. Jesus, come into my situation and change me. Make me more like you. And we thank you so much. So I pray, Father, you bless us as we go to our homes today to our place of businesses and our place of of enjoyment and work, that you're there in all of it. And we just center our life on you this week. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. And everyone said with me, amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Enjoy your day. Enjoy each other. Be blessed.